Welcome to GovCast. I am your host, Managing Editor Amy Kluber. Julie, thank you so much for joining us on GovCast. Uh, We are recording remotely today due to the coronavirus quarantine situation, and I'm sure everyone is on the same boat as well across government. So I really appreciate your flexibility on talking with us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. So let's get started with what brought you to the agency. It is a fairly newly appointed role. Yes, it is. So last May, I started at GSA as a senior advisor for Administrator Murphy. And she and I go back a little ways in terms of our experience on the Hill. There, there weren't a whole lot of people that played in the acquisition policy world on the Hill. So we were a small group and, and we often collaborated. So when she approached me about potentially working at GSA, I was pleased to do so. I know her commitment to you know having good acquisition policy and and I know she had been at the agency before so I think coming to the agency was something that I was happy to do especially given the leadership in place that is great to hear and sounds encouraging as well what made you switch from working with congress to joining GSA maybe I should back up in terms of my background I've moved around in different branches and in a previous life I was in the executive branch I also spent some time as a government contracts lawyer so I jokingly refer to myself as a recovering government contracts lawyer uh, <laughs> I've heard that before <laughs> yeah uh, but hey you learn a lot and then after working at the law firm I ended up working on the hill and I was working for the HISGAC, the Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee and then I had the opportunity to go over to the House side. So I really had the opportunity to get a number of different perspectives when it comes to acquisition policy. I had learned a fair amount about GSA, but of course, from the outside, you learn a lot more once you're on the inside. So I was instrumental in a number of different legislative activities that I know GSA has implemented or or they're in the process of implementing, or there's sort of a government-wide acquisition slant to some of those things. So I saw it as an opportunity to be in the executive branch and actually implement these policies. And having been in the executive branch before, you know, I I recognize it can be challenging, but it's also it also can be quite fulfilling. And even I've I've tried to uh, as I started as the commissioner back in the fall, I've tried to go around to different regions across the country. Obviously, the travel is a bit on hold at this point, but going around the country, you hear different perspectives on things that I worked on that that became law. For example. Example, I worked on the raising the simplified acquisition threshold, which one might think it's a small thing, but you hear from other folks that people were quite grateful for that, um, made their jobs easier. And it was something that hadn't been addressed in, you know, 20 plus years. We also eliminated through the statutes, the best interest determination requirement for GSA vehicles. And I actually had somebody in a regional visit say thank you. So that was quite gratifying. And there's a number of large projects that we're working on that kind of came out of legislation that I worked on. So that's, it's, it's really, as I said, gratifying to be on this side of the fence and actually see things in progress and how they work. That's actually a sentiment that we hear all the time, especially all the government officials that come onto the show, they've expressed similar things. So it's, it's refreshing to hear and maybe not too surprising also. Uh, How do you think your experiences in these and other positions you've held inform your work at GSA now? 
Well, as I said, in my most recent experience was on the House Oversight Committee, and we had jurisdiction over a number of different agencies, including GSA. We had oversight authority. We also had legislative authority, and we had the acquisition portfolio kind of government-wide. So in that experience, you get to learn about major projects, including a, a number of the major projects that are now being implemented through the federal marketplace strategy. So, and, and there were also projects that I'd been keeping an eye on for a long time, frankly, from my Hill perspective, for example, EIS. We had been watching that transition from the previous vehicles and watching it going forward and understood from an oversight perspective how difficult it was to kind of move the ball. And then being on the inside, also getting even better perspective in terms of learning some of the things that they've been successful at and how GSA has been able to help other agencies really make progress on IT modernization. And I would also add just IT modernization was something that I spent a lot of time on when I was on the House Oversight Committee. And I was involved in putting together the Modernizing Government Technology Act, which set up the centralized fund for technology. It also authorized agencies to set up their own fund. So I have kind of that big picture perspective based on the oversight and then sort of the legislative activities as we kind of work through some of those things. And I think that helps me when I'm looking at programs and I'm trying to figure out, you know, where do we need to do better? How how can we make sure other stakeholders know about some of the successes we've been able to accomplish? So I think that that kind of covers how that's helped inform my work here. So those are very important pieces of legislation, I mean, especially to the contracting community. And with your sentiment that you just expressed about how you're gratified to be in your current position, Would you say that you take the concerns and agendas that you've seen in Congress to heart in your work with federal acquisition? Yes, I think so. I mean, I think based on my experience being in the legislative branch, as well as being a government contracts lawyer and understanding what vendors are kind of dealing with, and then having been in customer agencies and understanding, you know, how GSA might be able to help those customer agencies. So there are things I also spent some time on in terms of topic areas. I already mentioned IT modernization, supply chain security. That's an area where You know, there's been a number of legislative initiatives and and frankly, things that have been enacted into law. For example, the 889 statute, which is the prohibition on certain telecom equipment and services. And that's something to address some of those supply chain security issues. I was also involved in the Secure Technology Act, which established the Federal Acquisition Security Council, which is kind of the government-wide council to really look at supply chain security issues. And I know this is an area, it's a national security interest area. It's something where our customers are really quite interested. And I think GSA, by leaning forward on things like supply chain security, we can really add value for our customers. And this is not just it's not just supply chains, not just an IT, you know, buying a laptop problem. There, There's, as, as everybody knows, technology touches many parts of our lives. So it's something that we really have to take seriously. And I, I know Congress is very interested. Uh, the executive branch remains very interested. And, and I know our customers in the executive branch remain interested. So that, that kind of drives some of the things that we're working on. Definitely. And how have some of these things informed some of the top priority areas that are prevalent in the IT contracting community right now? So I think that priorities like supply chain security, that's been something that we, it does inform how we look at, you know, what kind of contract vehicles are we putting out there? How can we 
and and look, this is a supply chain security is a big complex problem, and it's something that requires a government wide approach to it. GSA is kind of on the front lines in terms of buying goods and services. We need to figure out the best way to integrate tools and automation to figure out how to illuminate the supply chain and try and bring the best value to our customers. So it's it's something that we're very much involved in. And I think that GSA has done a pretty good job in terms of kind of taking a risk-based approach to that that particular topic. Now, you've touched on how you have brought momentum to procurement policies while you were on the Hill. Now that you've left that part of government, was there a bit of an adjustment period coming into maybe your current role? Yeah, there's always a bit of an adjustment when you're kind of starting a new position. But I think I also was well served by my previous experience in the executive branch. But, you know, being on the Hill, there's somewhat different stakeholders. Being in the Federal Acquisition Service, it's a little bit different. And it's a large organization of somewhere in the range of 3,500 people. But I'm really kind of pleased and, you know, I not I shouldn't have been surprised, but the folks at GSA are incredibly committed to the mission. I figured out right away when I was there that we really got a great leadership team in place across the organization. We've also got a, a very solid financial situation, and, and I think we've got a solid set of strategic priorities, among them the federal marketplace strategy. In terms of leadership, I was quite pleased that Tom Howder, who's been at GSA for a number of years, I made him the permanent deputy commissioner. We also welcome Charlotte Phelan as an assistant commissioner for travel, transportation, and logistics. And then Karen Link also has been at GSA for a long time, agreed to serve as my permanent chief of staff. So, you know, there were some adjustments, but I feel lucky that I had such a good team in place. I was able to hit the ground running, I think, and at least ask the right questions when I started. There is a lot to learn at GSA. And, um, you know, you, you learn stuff with every visit out to the regions as well. And there are pockets of innovation all over the place that are really great to learn about. And like, I, I think, I can't remember who said it, but um, I've heard people say, you know, they, they've been at GSA for 20, 30 years and every day they learn something new. <laughs> so it's it's an interesting place to be and, and quite impressive in terms of the, the leadership people there. It sounds definitely impressive. With the federal marketplace strategy underway, how do you intend to continue leading that strategy? Well, look, when I first came on board in October, you know, I took some time to kind of meet with a number of folks, learn a bit more about all the business units. And I really took a hard look at the strategic priorities. And I thought that, you know, these are the right priorities we need to continue to focus on. And my charge to the workforce has been and I've said this a couple of times to please, you know, work to maintain the momentum. I think the previous commissioner, Alan Thomas, put put the organization in a great spot. And I'm hopeful that we'll continue our momentum on things like mass consolidation. We just had our, I believe it was our third FMP release back in January. And we talked a fair amount about mass consolidation and the progress. That's been a multi-year effort. And I think we're, you know, the, the mass mod was released early earlier this year. And I think we're at somewhere in the range of 60% of, of contractors have executed on that mass mod. So, and I know they've got a team that is working on that project that will continue the momentum. I mean, they, they've 
leveraged folks across the organization. And I think that truly signals how important this effort is to the organization. I mean, I think it's one of the major reform efforts for the schedules program in, I would venture to guess, somewhere in the range of 20 years. We're also looking to continue to focus more on how technology can help us do our jobs better. So in the January 2020 FMP release, we, we focused a bit on robotics process automation. And it's something that you've probably heard GSA-wide is looking at RPA and how it can help us do our jobs better, how it can lessen the burden on contracting officers and on our vendors, frankly. And, you know, we try and look at it. It's it's not that we should just automate everything. We need to look at process as well and figure out how RPA can actually help do the job better. And in part of the RPA effort we were able to roll out earlier this year was something called the Truman Bot. And Jeff Lau in Region 2 has, I've, I've asked him to take a leadership role in that effort. And we're doing things with the Truman bot, like automating, you know, excluded parties list, automating the fill-in of kind of standard template documents. And this is all trying to drive towards lessening the burden on the contracting officer and expediting to the extent we can the process to put new contracts in place. I think it's a testament to Jeff's leadership and the commitment of the workforce. I think they're frankly quite excited about the opportunity to spend time on more value-add tasks, you know, like negotiating better prices for the taxpayer. I was pleased to uh, just kind of keeping on that theme of RPA. We GSA earlier this year hosted an acquisition innovation pitch contest, and I was one of the judges along with the administrator and the deputy for PBS. And we looked at a couple of proposals, and the proposal that won was an acquisition bot, which the idea was to try and automate more of the the pricing analysis that right now in some cases is, is extremely manually intensive. So we're looking for continuing to look for opportunities where we can, you know, to the extent it makes sense, automate processes like that and try and use technology to make the job of the contracting officers and those contracting professionals easier. And we're continuing to, you know, keep in mind the customer. We are in the process of rolling out some enhancements to GSA Advantage. And those are as a result of feedback we got from customers. So I'm really excited to see those rolled out and uh, hope the, the customers will be pleased that we took their, their feedback seriously. These initiatives, I mean, they're they're very hefty. There's the federal marketplace strategy, and then of course the mass consolidation, and then you just touched on RPA, which was something I didn't previously think about when I was planning for uh, talking to you. Is your RPA, you know, the playbook and the community of practice and all of that? That was something that was spearheaded at GSA and is trying to be influenced across government. So that's something that I didn't think about <laughs> until now, actually. But do you think there's anything more that the agency can do to improve acquisition services and processes? Or maybe it's not even something that GSA could do, but maybe the rest of the government at large. Well, I see the federal marketplace strategy as kind of a framework for continuous improvement in terms of the acquisition process. And we have a number of projects going on under that rubric. Probably heard folks talk about the four C's and, you know, one of them is the the contract writing system. And I remember from my time on the Hill, I would hear people talk about the idea of perhaps coming up with, you know, a government-wide contract writing system. I think GSA is doing it the right way in terms of let's focus on what our agency needs and try and build something out that makes sense, keeping in mind other requirements. And we are, you know, we'll start out as a pilot on the contract writing system, but 
as we roll that pilot out, we're taking input from a number of different business units across the Federal Acquisition Service. And that and the mass consolidation effort, those are big projects, as, as you noted. But I think part of the success so far is we have engaged across the enterprise. Part of my job, I see, is engaging across the enterprise. Folks, you know, they have their different portfolios and I need to keep asking those questions. How does it benefit the enterprise as a whole? And kind of look at the whole picture and make sure we really are integrating as much as we can feedback from all the different stakeholders. So it's not just a top-down initiative. And I, I think that really has really played out, particularly with the mass consolidation effort. I remember recently going to visit Stephanie Shutt had her entire team across the country in the central office to talk about where they were. And I think it was right before, you know, we rolled out the mass mod. And there are people from across the country from varying topic areas that were really engaged and, and wanting to move forward on this. So I think it's important to continue to engage with all those stakeholders and, and make sure we're listening. I also had the opportunity category management continues to be something that, you know, that's again a long-term project. It's also one of the, the four C's under the federal marketplace strategy. And I know Dina McLaughlin has been a great leader in that area. And I also got the opportunity to, again, talk to earlier this year, talk to a, a steering committee group that was really engaged in terms of how can we move the ball forward in terms of how do we get to a single source of truth when it comes to, you know, the categories of goods and services? So again, things that we want to kind of show early wins and, and we're working towards that, but these things all require sort of enterprise-wide engagement and buy-in and hoping to continue the progress that, that we've seen so far. So with you touching on engagement and then of course automation earlier, these are things that agencies are trying to leverage across government. What do you think are the best practices or priorities for improving acquisition moving forward? Well, I think, you know, the way I thought about kind of legislative proposals when I was on the Hill, how does this help the process? Like, is this adding another kind of toll gate, if you will, to the process that's going to kind of slow things down that maybe isn't adding value. So I try and kind of think about the acquisition process from that standpoint. That's kind of a, you know, big picture, keep that hat on in terms of how does this impact the vendors, the workforce and the customers. So I think you always have to keep that in mind when you're thinking about acquisition reform. And again, you have to look at the whole picture, covering all those stakeholders and understanding what are their friction points. Now, look, we're the government. We've got a lot of requirements that we've got that are on the books, if you will, for the benefit of, of the American taxpayer. And we have to be cognizant of those things. But I think we can always look for ways to you know, make contracting officers jobs easier. For example, how can we employ automation. And I also, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's really important to make sure we are engaging stakeholders. And that's not just engaging stakeholders at the beginning and then going off and, you know, executing that reform. You have to sort of have agile development of some of these reforms. Try some things out. And if they don't work, it's okay to admit failure and move on. So those are some of the, uh, the things I keep in mind when we're trying to execute on some of these acquisition reforms in terms of what I think are best practices. And certainly lots to look forward to. Julie, thank you so much for talking with me. This was interesting. And I was glad to get kind of that big picture overview of some of these efforts that are really important, especially right now, as we're dealing with the increasing importance of technology in this coronavirus response. Yes, so yes. I thank you so much again. Thanks for your flexibility. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks very much.
GovCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentcio.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you hear, let us know by leaving us a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. GovCast is produced by Amy Kluber. Theme music provided by Big Hoax. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com. 